You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. I'm your host, Holly Shaw, coach, hypnotherapist, and author of The Creative Formula. Just a heads up, in this episode, I do use the F swear. So just in case you have little ones in the car, I want you to be forewarned about that. Hey, 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 all you performers and creators. This is Holly Shaw. I am so excited. I just published my second book, Making Art in the Middle of Madness. So that happened. That happened this week. I'm so um, stoked for this one because this book, I feel like I'm really proud of it. It I, you know, there was, there was these things I was kind of holding on to these, these gems, these discoveries that I had kind of made and, um, some new information. And I hadn't really found a vessel for it. I had tried to pitch this book to a few different literary agents. I was shopping it around, um, you know, I was teaching these things in workshops for the most part. That was like the only place where I was able to share some of this. And finally, when the pandemic hit, I recognized, wow, like now is the time when I needed to share these things about fear uh, and about how, as performers, how we deal with our fear, namely stage fright. And so I was able to, yeah, I was able to put it all together in this book and I'm just really proud of the way it came out. I got the proofs last night, the copies in my hot little hands. And I just, there's just something so satisfying about that, right? About like holding it, seeing it in print. Um, The designer, Heidi Sutherland does such a wonderful job with my books. And um, so just having it, seeing it all come together, it's really satisfying. So if you haven't gotten a copy yet, you should go to Amazon and find it, Making Art in the Middle of Madness, a guide for waking up from your fear trance so you can create like the world needs you to because it does. It does. The world does need you to. (laughs) If you can hear laughter, that's my son, Alistair, in the background laughing at something. I don't know. Uh, These are the sounds of Oakland. These are the sounds of the Shaw household here in Oakland. Yeah. Well, another thing I'm excited about about this book, if I can just spend one more second on it, is that, you know, there's like, there's this thing that happens when you write and you find, it's almost like new information kind of comes through you. Like you find nuances in like the reaching for expression of something. Sometimes you find whole new levels and layers and ways of looking at things. And there's bits in this book that I haven't shared with anyone anywhere, not in an email, not in a blog post, not in a workshop. And they are the shadow selves. And there was this one day that I was writing and they just kind of like popped in and were like, hello, we want to be heard. They're called the outlaw, the rebel and the fabulist. And so if you are curious about them, you should get the book, Making Art in the Middle of Madness. Do you remember airplanes? Remember when we used to get on an airplane and go from here to there, go up in the air and fly places and go places? Yeah. Well, I was on a flight 
several years ago from Reno to Oakland. And I'm on this flight and all of a sudden we hit some really bumpy turbulence. Okay. Now when something like that happens, immediately my eyes dart to the windows and I look to see if I can see any buildings or, or clouds or mountains or anything, right? Because I feel like if I can just see something out there, then I feel grounded. I feel like, okay, we're going to be okay. Like we're still in the air, right? I can see what's happening. It's going to be okay. Well, this time I look to the windows nothing, just like a dense fog pressing up against the windows. Just, you can see like three inches into it, right? It's just dense fog. The worst feeling in the world to feel all this turbulence and not be able to see anything, not be able to ground yourself in space. Oh, so awful, right? So I'm just, I'm starting to get queasy. I'm starting to feel like a little anxiety creep up. And then all of a sudden, boom, we drop like 50 feet. Who knows? I don't know how far it was. It felt like 50 feet. It could have been a hundred feet, could have been 200 feet, but we just, I had that sensation of the plane dropping. And then the whole airplane just sort of broke out in this wild panic. You could hear people, oh no, ah! people screaming, people crying, people calling out to their loved ones, Gladys, are you okay? It was terrifying. And I just remember thinking, God, people like shut up, like just shut up. And I just didn't want to hear their panic. So I start taking deep breaths in and out. And I close my eyes and I just went into a total state of denial. I said to, I said to no one in particular, it's fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to, you know, planes are built for this. Planes, airplanes get tossed around in the sky all the time, but they're made for this. We're not going to fall out of the sky. We're fine. And this woman next to me who heard me, she looks at me and she goes, really? And I just looked her in the eye and I said, yeah, totally lying. I didn't know. I didn't know any of this was true until later. I was just making it up to make myself feel better. And it made me feel a little better to make her feel better. So I'm like, yeah, we're fine. And then boom, the airplane drops again, like a hundred feet. Oh, this time though, this time I raise my hands in the air and I raise my feet in the air and I go, And the woman next to me, she looks at me and she kind of like, looks at me kind of like and cry chuckles like, <laughs> right? And then the man across from me, he sees me too. And he's kind of like intrigued, like what's happening over there? Why is this person having fun? And I was just like, oh yeah, just pretend like it's a roller coaster. And I put my hands in the air and I, like a bored teenager riding a roller coaster. Wee! And so then they started trying it, you know, they're, <laughs> and then all the people, around us in the aisle. Before you know it, I had the aisle that I was sitting in, the aisle in front of us and the aisle behind us doing this pseudo roller coaster while the plane was having like all this crazy turbulence. Finally, the plane starts to level out. 
And then after a while, people gradually relax, go back to their in-flight magazine and their headphones. And then that is when I broke down into sobs and tears because I was so scary and I had held it all in. And I guess you could call me a delayed panicker. But suffice to say, eventually the plane did land and eventually we all got off the plane. And at some point later that evening, I was finally okay and actually finally calm. And I'm telling you this story because I feel like now in the world, right now, with this pandemic that doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon and political upheaval and threatened democracies and environmental concerns, California fires, all of these things, I feel like we are on a turbulent airplane and it is uncomfortable, it is bumpy, it is dangerous, it feels life-threatening. It's awful. But we need those calm people on the plane. We need people, we need artists who are going to inject fun and and creative solutions and and calm into this atmosphere so we can figure out a way, all of us, all of us, even if you're not a professional artist, maybe you're coming up with new creative solutions in your job, in science, who knows? We need the creativity of everybody to land this plane. Because right now we're on a plane that hasn't landed. It's been several months And it hasn't landed yet. And I know that in times of distress, art might feel frivolous to you. It feels almost like an act of rebellion or self-indulgence. You might find yourself questioning, how does art fit into the survival of our planet? But, you know, to question its importance is to misunderstand what it is that an artist does when they focus on creating something. It takes 100% of an artist's attention in the moment to do it and to do it well. You can't stand confidently and convincingly on a stage when your whole body is trembling. You can't expand on a melody when you're consumed with terror. Performing forces a resolution of fear in the very act of doing it because it gives that energy of fear a place to go and it changes the substance of it in the process. And here's the delightful part. Not only that, but that shift in you as the performer is transmitted to anyone watching you. The audience, the witness, the crowd feels it and is changed by it. Mm. So the making of art in the middle of madness is life affirming as fuck. It's pushing against your instinct to shrink, to hunker down, to protect, to survive, 
it bucks all of that and it makes space. It makes space. And it says, not only does life matter, but how we do life matters. The year is 2020 and the plane hasn't landed. We don't know when it's going to land. And yet we still need to get to work. We still need to live and to live well. And that means making art is imperative. That is the first chapter of my book, Making Art in the Middle of Madness. So if you enjoyed that story, you're going to love this book. Go on Amazon and get it. Uh, It's free. It's going to be free for a couple days. So hop up on that uh, promo and download the free ebook. I'm offering the print, the paperback copy at a low uh, cost, basically as, as low as I can, I'm able to make the cost. So just covering the cost of making the book, printing the paper and all that. So go get that book. I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to make a great Christmas present for any artist, any creative in your life, musicians, dancers, actors, speakers, influencers, anyone in the public eye is going to love this. Um, anyone trying to create anything right now is going to love it. So go get, go get that book. Go get it. Go get it. In the meantime, happy creating. And don't forget that you are being called right now be that calm person on the airplane. Go forth and create it.